Step back three on the way. And he's got another one. Jamal Murray. And they want to post up to Joker. They want to take advantage of this matchup. Don't we see that at least once a game from Jokic to someone? Outside Jokic for the lead. Have you been in these sessions before? I've said this like 10 times. And I'm not writing your article for you. Ask one of your colleagues. He's magnificent. It's winner go home. Three points. And Bobo, hey, hey I'll tell you, young fella, don't go chasing waterfalls right there. Yeah, thank you, whoever did this. What is going on, Nuggets Nation? Good morning and happy Friday. Hope everybody is doing well here on this chilly Friday morning. It is, I looked at the, I looked at the weather because I got to go out here in a little bit. I'm going uh, actually down to the Mile High Sports Studios. It is one degree outside right now, man. One degree. What's today's high? Let's see, 12 degrees. Man, I'm getting, uh, you could hear my, my text message going off there in the background from uh, the video guy over my man Brandon there at Mile High Sports. If you uh, see the betting preview videos that I do for every Nuggets game on Mile High Sports, he's the one that is... Uh, Making me look all right. I uh, film it on my phone. I shoot it over to him, and then he is able to make those cool graphics and all that good stuff. So that was him texting me, letting me know that this morning's video is under production. So, but yeah, let's just get back to the one degrees for a second before we uh, we talk about the Nuggets here. And I've lived in Colorado since 2012 is when I first moved here. Uh, maybe a handful of days in the single digits i don't really remember it ever getting down to one degree and i'm up here in broomfield which is you know a suburb about 20 25 minutes north of downtown what is it or hold on was that the denver weather no no, this is broomfield what is it in denver let's see denver's three degrees okay so slightly warmer there but i believe broomfield's higher in elevation than denver i believe i believe broomfield is like 54 something because you got to go up when you go i-25 like a little like a little incline there so yeah, it is chilly. I went out yesterday. I got some food, and I it, it pierced me a little bit. You know, I'm not from Chicago. I'm not from the the Midwest or anything like that. So I'm not used to that bone chilling. You know, freezing cold. You know, I have some family back in New York, New Jersey, so I know what it's like when it's you know that humid, heavy cold. But this was like, woof! This just like pierced through you, man. It's it is cold out there this morning. So. Hopefully, it's going to be cold the next few days. One degree here right now, like I said, with a high of 12. Tomorrow, we're looking at 10 degrees with a with a 70% chance of snow. And uh, Sunday, we're looking at 5 degrees. I mean, the, the next decent day we're going to get is Tuesday when we, get, we crawl back up to 37 degrees. Wow. It's like I forgot we have winter here. I mean, we've been so blessed with just great weather here for, I mean, even like last winter seems so, I don't, I don't think we had a, a days like this last winter, seriously. I mean, seriously, I mean, could, could, if, if you guys remember a day like this in the metro area last winter where it got down to a single degree, you know, one degrees, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Media by AP. So I just hate the cold. I was born and raised in California. Yes, I'm one of them. I did go to high school out here, though, so I'm kind of like a half and half. Um, so, like, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I do like the I like the warm weather. I was out in Vegas last week. It was in the 60s, 70s for a day. Arizona, I usually go. If I got to start planning my, my trip down there for spring training. I, I usually go every year. And. I was actually getting ready to go. I think it was like the week before my trip last year when the whole COVID thing, you know, started up. So I had a hotel. I don't remember. I We had something booked. I was I was getting ready to go down there. And yeah, so warm weather all day. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter 
at Media by AP. But uh, this is the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Like I said, I am Anilo Piro. Hope everybody is doing well here on this Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. Hopefully you made it through the work week, whether you are slowly but surely integrating back into normalcy in life or you're still working from home. Uh, hope you guys are able to enjoy this podcast for a little bit because it's a rather optimistic podcast. It's going to be an upbeat podcast because, you know, the Nuggets right now, they're they're playing decent basketball here once again. And they came home after that disappointing road trip. And, you know, there were only a couple of games by, uh, above 500. And, look, we knew there was going to be a couple of uh, easier games on the schedule, you know, following that game against Milwaukee. And, unfortunately, you know, Denver wasn't able to get out to a strong start on this homestand, losing that game to Milwaukee in pretty embarrassing fashion. Uh, you know, but they're able to bounce back Wednesday night as expected. And I'm not going to make a big deal out of this because this is a game that Denver absolutely positively should have won. You know, they had no they had no excuse to lose this game. Um, you know, but I, I think, uh, you know, to see them take care of business in the manner in which they did against Cleveland, I think it, it, it's pretty it, it, it's good to see, you know, because I, I was definitely a little concerned. You know, I begged the question. You know, in my betting, the, the Nuggets were the 10-point favorite, I think, or 9.5-point favorite in that game. And I was doing my betting preview, and I, I begged the question. I was like, you know, is this a team that is truly good enough to beat anybody by 10 points right now? You know, seriously. And, you know, we got the answer to that question, as they absolutely knocked the socks off the Cleveland Cavaliers, albeit they were down Kevin Love. But, I mean, you know, they still had Colin Sexton. They still had, you know, I dare I say, JaVale McGee, you know, and a couple other of their old players. So, you know, but... I'm not trying to make a big deal out of that win. I'm really not because it's not that big of a deal. I just think, if anything, it's nice to see that this is a Nuggets team that can, you know, play as we expect them to from time to time. And, you know, it was against a pretty weak opponent in the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I, I think you fully expect to see that here again uh, this ne- this evening when they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, the Thunder are, are a respectable team, you know, to a degree, but certainly on, on the decline. You know, no Chris Paul. You know, they got rid of Billy Donovan. Uh, no Shy Gillis Alexander for this game, so they're going to be down their best players. So expect to see a lot of Al Horford in this game, and, and you know, really outside of those guys, there's there's not a whole lot of talent, you know, on that Oklahoma City Thunder roster. You know, like I said, this is a team that's on the decline. This is a team that, and a franchise really that experienced, you know, about a decade plus, you know, of pretty good sustainable success where they were a top five, top six seed out west, you know, every single year when they had, you know, Hard and Durant and, and Westbrook here most recently. But obviously, that era of the Thunder is over. Uh, we are on to a new era, and, you know, they're struggling here this year. So um, I think this is another good opportunity, though, that you want to see Denver continue to, you know, show out and, and really kind of impress, you know, in these games where they should be dominating because we, we've seen them struggle against the big fish. You know, we've seen them struggle against the Lakers. We've seen them struggle even against Dallas, you know, a team that isn't even all that good this year. You know, they've come into town. We've seen uh, the Clippers, you know, early on in the season kind of have their way with Denver at moments. You know, we've seen, the, like I mentioned, the Bucks. You know, I kind of rambled on in the last podcast about how embarrassing that loss was. And, you know, it, it, it's frustrating because those are the type of teams that you want to kind of have the, the conversation with about, hey, hey, the Nuggets are in this stratosphere. Like, hey, the Nuggets are on this level. Hey, the Nuggets, you know, can can play with these guys. You know, they can hang with these guys. But unfortunately, just based off recent performance, you're, you're absolutely unable to say that. Um you know, so I, I think that's why it, it's a bit refreshing to see them be able to take care of business against these opponents, you know, like the Cavs, you know, like the Thunder. Oh, I sound like such a – just – I don't even want to – I just feel like I'm giving them a pass. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you got to be happy that they're able to – I mean, anytime your team wins by 20, 25 points, you're going to be happy, right? I mean, there, there's plenty – you know, there's plenty of great talking points that stemmed from that win. You know, I mean, look at the be- the, the third unit of the bench. 
You know, guys like Zeke Nagy, who just exploded onto the seat. You know, guys that we haven't really seen so far this season. You know, now that maybe there's some potential there. And, and we're going to have to talk about that here. That's going to be a major theme here in a little bit. You know, give me a couple minutes, um, you know, with this podcast is what do the Nuggets, because it's clear that the Nuggets are good with Jokic. They're all right with MPJ. And Murray is just kind of like an anomaly. I, I don't even know what's going on with Jamal Murray right now. But we're we're... Where Denver's hurting the most, in my opinion, is their lack of just definitive role players. You know, Jeremy Grant made such a big difference for this team last year. Torrey Craig, love him or hate him, he made a big difference on the defensive end. Mason Plumlee, love him or hate him, you know, he was an integral part of the ke- the chemistry and the continuity, you know, within the Denver Nuggets locker room and served as, you know, kind of an energy jolt, you know, to the bench unit for Denver. You know, like I said, love him or hate him, they weren't perfect players, but I mean, they did their best and they fit a mold and they bought into the system. You know, and I, that, that's pretty much all you can ask for, you know, from some of these players that aren't as talented as, as some of the other players, right? And I think, you know, this year I, I've talked about I've, at nausea, you know, with this topic here, but it's just like Denver's lack of true role players, Denver's lack of players that understand, you know, how this team functions, how this team wins. You know, I think that's been their biggest shortcoming. I mean, no disrespect to, uh, you know, to Isaiah Hartenstein or, you know, Facuto Campazzo, you know, they're they're new here, you know, and I mean, like the, the integration is going to take, I mean, Compazzo, both of those signings are still kind of bizarre to me. I mean, seriously. I mean, Compazzo, I understand, you know, what he brings to the table in regards to his talent. He's highly regarded out there in Europe. But at the end of the day, I mean, was that a win-now move? You know, I mean, why are you bringing in a European guard that's going to probably, you know, take a season, a full season, you know, to really get acclimated to the pace of the game and and the transition from the European game to the NBA game. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to my man, TJ McBride. I uh, hope you're doing well, buddy, because I was, I, I saw him, I forget if it was on Twitter or if it was when I saw him at a Nuggets game, but some, it was either on his Twitter feed or when I was chatting with him face to face, but he brought up a point where, you know, there's a lot of instances where as a guard, you know, Compazzo either is used to being able to draw a couple fouls, you know, he's used to defense. It's not even that it's, European like the European basketball is system basketball to a way it's not as iso dominant as it is in the NBA where it's pick and rolls and high screens and and you know hey give me the ball get out of my damn way you know European basketball is certainly a lot more team oriented it's not star driven as star driven as say the NBA is and because of that defenses will react differently defenses will collapse differently and there's been a lot of instances here where you see you know composite kind of putting the uh you know, put the jets on and kind of, you know, doing his thing through the legs, you know, making some nice moves. And he's expecting a defense to react, you know, maybe to a trap or a double team, or maybe he's expecting someone to come off ball. And they're just not doing that because he's not fully acclimated to the NBA style of play. You know, he was used to playing a certain way in Europe and having the players react a certain way to his play style in Europe, whereas that play style is completely different uh, in the NBA these days. So, you know, like I said, you can't you can't deny Compazzo's talent. You know, do I think he could, you know, evolve into, you know, a very solid guard for this Nuggets team? You know, maybe a Manu Ginobili type? You know, and I'm obviously just saying that because they're both, you know, from that region. Um, You know, sure, absolutely. And I think that would be a great get for the Denver Nuggets. But I mean, to try to integrate him currently as your backup guard, and I understand that Dozier is gone right now, um, you know, due to injury. It just, I don't know, it just, it's not a, it's not a move that a win now team makes. I mean, the Lakers don't make that move. The Clippers don't make that move. Milwaukee doesn't make that kind of move. You know, it's, it's frustrating in that sense, because it's like, you see the Nuggets, like, I think it was um, Brandon Ewing of Denver Stiffs who also threw out this notion to me. You know, this was a this was a front office that 
pretty much operated like it was still in rebuild mode. You know, this is a front office and Tim Conley and the rest of the boys that have made their chops and made their success by drafting and, and, and whatnot. I mean, look at guys like Malik Beasley right now. You know, I know he's no longer on the team, but he's tearing it up out there in Minnesota. You know, the Nuggets have a fantastic pedigree of drafting and developing talent. And, and this offseason, you know, you saw the Nuggets go ahead and, and, and run with three draft picks. There's three rookies on the Nuggets roster right now that outside of this last game really were, have, haven't even really played. I mean, Marcus Howard has played maybe, I think I wrote it before this last game, they had, I think it was Zeke Nagy and RJ Hampton combined had like 58 minutes played this entire season, you know, up until the last game against Cleveland. So, you know, I, I definitely, I think there's some criticism to be said as like, okay, you know, and honestly, I got this talking point from George Carl. You know, and I had a conversation with him over at DenverSportsBetting.com. You can look that up on YouTube, you know, DenverSportsBetting.com, or you can just look up Denver Sports Betting, George Carl, or go to DenverSportsBetting.com, and in a little search bar there, you can just type in George Carl, and the interview will pop right up. You know, and he brought up the notion, you know, of, you know, where does the blame go? And this was when Denver was really in the rudder. You know, this was when Denver was, you know, I think four or five games below 500. Michael Porter Jr. is out. Uh, you know, this was probably the first four or five weeks of the season uh, when I had this conversation with Coach. You know, and, and he brought up the point, you know, like you don't blame Jamal for struggling. You don't blame the rest of the team for not performing. You blame the front office for the talent they surrounded Jokic and the rest of the team with. You know, I mean, seriously, they got rid of guys. Like I said, I, I don't got to sound like I don't I don't, I don't want to be like a dead horse, but the guys that they got rid of were integral, integral, essential parts of the Denver Nuggets playoff run. I know maybe it didn't seem that way on the surface, but in the bubble and the years before that, I know there were some shortcomings as well, but they made the playoffs. They had great regular seasons. A lot of that was because of the team continuity that was established through guys like Torrey Craig, Mason Plumley, and Jeremy Grant. So that's just the reality of the situation. And then to go ahead and draft three rookies, you know, and to give up three roster spots to three rookies who are coming from the college ranks, it just it's not a win now move. It really isn't. You know, maybe I signing Jermichael Green was a win now move. That was a fantastic signing, but it pretty much stopped there. You know, Compazzo is, is is kind of like a rookie in his own right, right? I mean, I is he considered? A, I guess he's an NBA rookie, right? I don't know if that's like the official. They consider him a rookie, like what that's considered, because he played. He's like what twenty eight, twenty nine? I think Compazzo is. He's he's an older guy. He's not he's not a college age kid. You know, he's played in Europe for years. Um, so I mean, that, I think that's just kind of where it lies in with the Nuggets. You know, is. What what how does this team you know where where do they go from here right and I think you know maybe we saw some answers because like I, I had mentioned guys like Zeke Naji and R J Hampton so they've had some garbage time minutes um, you know here in the last couple of games and, and Hampton's actually had some real run with P J Dozier down we've seen him kind of step up and and do some nice things defensively and offensively he looks like he's got a bunch of potential but Zeke Naji in the next in the, in the last game he came out firing from three I think he made his first four three-point attempts he had a couple poster dunks he finished with like 14 or 16 points I mean this guy is like I said for everything I just said about ridiculing and drafting rookies I mean albeit against you know the Cavs second or third unit in the fourth quarter of a garbage time game but I mean he looked bouncy he looked energized he looked like he was having fun and the rest of the Nuggets bench was supporting him and having fun with him. And I thought that it was just so refreshing to see, you know, a young player kind of getting energized and, and, and having the rest of the team kind of rally around him. And, you know, what what is the what is the harm in, in trying to get a guy like Zeke Naji some more consistent critical game minutes? You know, no disrespect to Isaiah Hartenstein. I know he brings the size, but, you know, Zeke Naji's springy, man. You know, he's young. He's hungry. And I just, I really liked what I saw out of him in this game against Cleveland. You know, like I said, he's a young guy, so there's going to be a learning curve there. But, 
You know, he he can do some nice things for this Nuggets team, and he's got a great release from three. And, I mean, Lord knows the Nuggets can use some more shooting right now with Jamal Murray kind of on the fritz. You know, who's to say you can't get him some more valuable minutes? And I know Paul Millsap has been sensational in first quarters, and then he just fades out. I mean, seriously, I tweeted it out on Twitter, at Media by AP. You know, they, they should have a prop for Paul Millsap over a half three every single first quarter because, I mean, it's like it feels like he's guaranteed to take two or three first four, you know, three-pointers in the first quarter alone, and then he just kind of disappears. You know, how, can we not figure out a way to get Zeke Nagy some of these minutes? Seriously. I mean, the, the kid looked great against Cleveland. You know, maybe, and, and you know, if this is going to be another blowout game here tonight against OKC, hopefully we get to see him some more. You know, and I, I want to see him play with some of the starters. I want to see him play with some of the, you know, higher, with Monte Morris. I want to see him play with Jermichael Green. And I, I believe he did get some minutes with those guys, but I want to see him play with the starters. You know, I want to see him get those opportunities because, you know, what's the point of drafting Zeke Naji if he's not going to get an opportunity to seriously contribute? I know he's young. You know, I know he's a rookie. But at the end of the day, this is a Nuggets team that is in desperate need of help. And they're clearly not willing to go externally for it. They're not, they don't want to trade draft picks. They don't want to trade players. You know, Gary Harris is out right now. You know, I, I, Denver's not making a move, so they got to build it from within. You know, and I mean, would you rather have Isaiah Hartenstein and Paul Millsap out there or roll the dice on a guy like Zeke Naji, who I think has some serious upside and potential? I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? You know, it's not like Hartenstein's been good. It's not like Millsap's been good. It's not like Murray's been good. It's not like, you know, the only person that's been good has been Nikola Jokic. You know, what's the harm here, Malone? And, you know, I think that comes down to Coach Malone doesn't really like to play rookies a lot. You know, although to his credit, we've seen Bull Bull, you know, get some run as well. And I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, th- this season's far from over. You know, I wrote it in my column from AllySports.com this, earlier this week as well. You know, Nicole Jokic needs some help. You know, this season is far from over. And I, I just kind of made the point of, you know, it's frustrating to watch the Nuggets go out there on a night-in, night-out basis, you know, with Nicole Jokic playing at this elite MVP caliber level and, and to just be able to surround him with, with squat. You know, and like I said, it just doesn't seem like Denver's going to do anything about it, you know, so why not try to rotate in some of these younger guys, some of these guys that can maybe really help push you over the top and, and get Jokic some, some real talent, you know, speaking of RJ Hampton, defensively, you know, he looks like he's right, plug in and play, you know, put me in coach, he looked great defensively, you know, obviously there's some, there's a learning curve with the rotations and, you know, the pick and rolls and all that kind of stuff and the, just the overall pace of the NBA game, but RJ Hampton looks locked in, you know, he looks locked in. And again, no disrespect to Composo either, but he's undersized. You know, Composo looks like he's my height. I'm five six, and he looks like he's my height. You know, from my vantage point, you know, he's what five eight, five nine. I think he's listed at like five eleven. There's no way he's five eleven. I'm telling you that right now. No way. Zero percent chance. Zero percent. Zero percent. I'm telling you, he's not five. He's not five eleven. <laughs> I mean, I would be shocked if he was. I don't know. I just think that the Nuggets are sitting on some nice, talented players right now with these rookies. I think you got to see, you got to give them some run. It's not going to make a difference, you know. And I mean, look, look at let me let me pull up the standings here real quick. The NBA's Western Conference because there's not a lot of parity right now. You know, it's pretty top heavy. Let me see, NBA Western standings. Here we go. So it's pretty top heavy. You know, the top three teams are are cruising. We've got the Utah Jazz still sitting pretty, man. They haven't lost a game since the Nuggets beat them. There's my phone going off again. I should really turn my phone on silent when I do these podcasts, shouldn't I? Um, the Jazz, 20-5. and five. Like I said, they haven't lost since Denver beat them. Uh, what was that now? Two weeks ago, just about. And uh, trailing them by a half game is the Los Angeles Lakers. What else is new? They're 20-6. and six, And they're, they're at, like I said, a half game behind. Lakers are 8-2 and two in their last 10. 
And the Clippers, 18 and 8, two and a half games behind the Jazz for that first place spot. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10. And then, you know, it really opens up from there. You know, you got the Phoenix Suns at 15 and 9, the Portland Trailblazers at 14 and 10, the Spurs at 14 and 11, and then the Nuggets, who are the, currently, if the season ends today, they'd be the seventh seed at 13 and 11. And the AC would be the Golden State Warriors at 14 and 12. So let's see. The Nuggets and Warriors are both within. The Nuggets, Warriors, and Spurs are both within seven games of first place. And it's just crazy. I mean, you're talking about no more than seven. I mean, even let's look at the 10 seed. You know, the Sacramento Kings were 12 and 12. They're only seven and a half games out of first place, you know, and only. Uh, let's see. So they're yeah, seven and, a half, seven and a half games out of first place, but only like a game and a half, two games out of a, a playoff spot. You know, so there's a lot of movement to be had in this NBA Western Conference, and the cream will rise to the top. We're seeing that right now with those two LA teams plus Utah. But um, look, there, there's there's plenty of time for Denver to write this ship, and I guess what I'm saying is it's not like they have to be winning every single game. You know, there's been some wins, some losses. Every team's kind of gone through their struggles, so. Why not integrate some of these rookies? Why not get them some more critical minutes? You know, because it's just whatever whatever's happening right now isn't, isn't working. You know, Millsap looks a step slow. I don't really know what Hartenstein does. And I, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating to watch this team on a day-to-day basis, like I said, with, with Jokic playing the way that he is. And they've just got to figure something out because what, they, what they're doing at the moment isn't necessarily working against the top-tier opponent. It's working against the mid-tier opponent and the lesser opponent, you know, teams like Cleveland and, and Oklahoma City. So... We'll have to see how it plays out. But, yeah, Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder coming up tonight from the Ball Arena at 7 o'clock, guys. Let's go ahead and put a bow on this podcast. If you guys want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can follow me there, and I'll be uh, updating you guys on the Twitter sphere from the game tonight at the Ball Arena. I got my credential from Ally Sports. I'll be rocking and rolling, locked and loaded from the game tonight so be sure to follow me on that platform over there and we'll be back with another podcast this weekend probably probably tomorrow honestly we'll see how we'll kind of recap this game against uh, oklahoma city and we'll have to turn our attention now towards the laker game the nuggets first matchup against los angeles lakers coming up following tonight's game uh their first home matchup i should say they uh, got pummeled last week by the Lakers in L.A. It was kind of a game in the first half, and then they just completely collapsed, and it was just ugly, and then they lost to Sacramento, and then they lost to Milwaukee, and here we are. You know, Now they beat Cleveland, and hopefully they can beat Oklahoma City in full circle. Maybe they'll get their ass beat once again by the Lakers, and then we'll be wondering what the hell's happening. But And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, And, and that's a conversation for another day. That's a conversation for tomorrow. We'll have to analyze you know, that matchup from a betting perspective and just straight up and, and kind of what it means for a win and for a loss particularly, you know, depending on how this game tonight plays out, you know, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that'll do it for me, folks. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday. Again, if you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. Always uh, got the DMs open if you guys want to chat about the Nuggets, all that good stuff. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. Until then, enjoy the game tonight and go Nuggets.